We started with 91 teams, and now we're down to the final 16 in the U.S. Open Cup. And oh boy, were there some great upsets. This is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly. With me is Ivis Galarsep. What's cracking, man? Not so much, Garrett. It's, uh, it's another crazy week. There's always, always stuff going on in the, in the soccer world, in the American soccer world. But this week, there, there, there's just some straight-up craziness. Yeah, definitely straight-up craziness. But however, though, it seems kind of like a letdown, man. The last two weeks has just been so amped and just so hyped, which is... So many U.S. national games, Open Cup, MLS. It, it, you know, this week's a busy week. Don't get me wrong, but it definitely seems kind of like a letdown a little bit. <laughs> well, yeah, I, mean, I, hate, to, I hate to be the Debbie Downer, but well, it, it's hard. The bar was set so high with that that run of uh, of games. You, you obviously had the the Under Twenty World Cup, the, the U.S. friendlies, but uh, but I tell you what, man, th- this week wasn't too bad. I mean, you had. Uh, you had Open Cup, you had Women's World Cup. The Open Cup, I tell you what, has been unbelievable. Uh, this well, th- this past round was crazy, uh, both for good and bad. Um, especially if you're a referee. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it's a fun week, and uh, you know, I think it's only going to get better. With uh, you got some good rivalry uh, rivalry matches coming up, and the Open Cup will be back in a, in, a, in another two weeks with with some really good matchups. So. Uh, it's, it's, and then, and then the gold cup. So it, it's I think it's, it's going to be a great summer. Well, as you can see in the description, U20 men's national team goalkeeper, Zach Steffen is going to be joining us here in a little bit. We'll preview the upcoming weekend, uh, of major league soccer and get some, and get into some other, um, you know, news around soccer, around, around the league and, and around internationally. But quickly, you know, we started off with the U S open cup, Ivis, um, for the most part, the Major League Soccer teams did what they need to do. They enter in the fourth round. They all took care of business, except for a few. That's just going to happen. Not every single team is going to win. Some underdogs did advance. You had Charlotte Independence defeat the New England Revolution. And then you were at this one. Dude, the New York Cosmos defeating New York City FC already, I mean, adding to another misery to their season. And they're playing New York Red Bulls in the next round. But, Ivis, you were at the game. Cosmos, NYCFC. I mean, how great was that atmosphere? Oh, it was unbelievable. I mean, that, that just happened the game. Everything about it, it, it was one of the, for me, one of the games of the year um, that, that I've been to. And uh, it had it all. I mean, it had a great crowd. It had a rivalry. It had a great game. It had back and forth. It had a comeback. It had a shootout. It had it had some star power. Uh, you name it, and ha- it had it. And, and, you know, as much as, you know... You, it, it was a sold out crowd. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there were hard, there were hardly any empty seats at the stadium. Obviously, it's a smaller stadium, uh, Stewart Stadium over in Hofstra. And uh, but just it was it was everything you could ask for in, in a new rivalry. And uh, and for me, man, it, it, it was it was it was almost worth the the two plus hour drive to Long Island for Ford. I'll tell you what, that took great. you two hours to get there. Oh, you don't even listen, man. You Holy have no crap. idea. People who are not from the New York, New Jersey area have no idea about the about the the issues relating to traffic around here. Because, and I, and I say it all the time, you know, like when people talk about, oh, why why does the area need so many teams? Uh, and it's like, listen, people don't travel, uh, you know, multi, uh, across multiple bridges or you know, or, or, the, or the whatnot. But just if you look at it on the map, the map it will not tell you. You will not have a real sense of how far it is, but it's funny because I'll tell you what, it took me two plus hours to get there, and then it took me maybe 40 minutes to get back because I got back, it was like middle of the night, but it's just traffic, man, it's crazy. Holy two hours, I mean, yeah, I'm looking at the map, I mean, it's probably what, like a 30 mile, 40 mile drive? Two hours? Holy crap. You don't even know, man, and this is- and, and Can't this you is, take the light rail? Are you too good for the light rail, Ivis? Too good for the subway? There's no, what are you talking, there's no subway to Long Island, man. There's no there's, subway that goes out there? Oh my gosh. No, it's, there's trains that go out there, but then there's it, public transportation is not really a, a, a big option. But we're getting off on a tangent. It was a great game, uh, amazing atmosphere, and uh, I'm sure for Cosmos fans, it's a, it's a night they'll never forget. You know, I, I saw the pictures. I mean, it was, first off, it was great to see the fans show up to begin with. New York City FC looked very, uh, very well represented. Um, but just but just putting this into perspective, though, I mean, look, Cosmos advancing to the next round. They're they're a good team. It's it's not a fluke. It's not just you know it's it's not like they're struggling in NASL. I mean, they they won the spring season, so they're a good team. But I mean, putting this into perspective of them, you know, defeating New York City FC and now setting up a match against the New York Red Bulls. I mean, if they defeat the Red Bulls, I mean, look, Cosmos are king of New York at this point. Yeah, yeah you know, it's funny the whole the whole Kings of New York thing. Uh, it, it, I mean, they they have a fair case because they have beaten the two teams, the uh, the two other pro teams in New York. Uh, having said that, the Open Cup draw get a little ahead of ourselves. The Open Cup draw has sorted it out for us because now they get to play the Red Bulls again at Red Bull Arena, 
And 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 I think that now that game will really tell us what the deal is because uh, I know there's a lot of talk, especially out of Red Bull circles, about uh, about how last year was a bit of a fluke and they didn't they didn't play a full strength team and it was it's, it wasn't a fair representation. Blah blah blah. Oh, those are oh. excuses. Come yeah, on. yeah, look, I, I, look, it is what it is. But whatever the case may be, now they're gonna play again. The Cosmos are heading to Red Bull Arena, and it, it, it's promising to be a great one. And, and listen, if the Cosmos beat the Red Bulls at Red Bull Arena, then you can you can honestly say, yeah, you know what? You, they have bragging rights. They're the best. They are the best team in New York. Uh, but right now, you know what? They, they can they can lay claim to it. They can lay claim to it. But uh, look, getting back to this game, um, you know, it, it obviously was build Raul versus David Villa. David Villa didn't end up playing. Um, but it was, it was a great matchup. And, and look, no excuses at all. I mean, so what? Villa didn't play. Uh, the Cosmos didn't have Marco Senna. They didn't have their their, their top center back, Reversio. Um, and uh, for me, man, the Cosmos outplayed NYCFC. They outplayed them. Um, and and really, when when the when when NYCFC scored that opening goal, it was really against the run of play. Um, and it did take the, the the wind out of the sails of the Cosmos a bit, but eventually the Cosmos recovered. And even when they were down two zero, you you like for me, I just had a feeling like, you know what, they're gonna make a game of this, and they did. And and, and they got they got the they pulled one back, and then the 90th minute equalizer. I mean, uh, unbelievable, unbelievable drama. And then Jimmy Maurer. The goalkeeper for the Cosmos came up huge. He came up huge in extra time. He came up huge, obviously, with three saves in the penalty shootout. Uh, just, it, it just, a, just an outstanding night for them. Well, the Cosmos, this is the second year that they've now advanced to the fifth round. Last year, in the fourth round, is when they defeated uh, New York Red Bulls. Another match, Ivis, that we need to talk about, Seattle Sounders and the Portland Timbers. Um, if you have not seen the video, go check it out where Clint Dempsey <laughs> grabs the referee's the book and then just rips it up in half. It's fantastic. Um, but I think Seattle finished the game with, what, eight, nine players on the field. They lose to the Portland Timbers 3-1. to one. Lots of talk. Um, but the biggest question coming out of this one, Ivis, and, and, and I hate to not start off with the game, but, I mean, the biggest question that's facing U.S. soccer fans is, I mean, what's going to happen to Clint Dempsey? Is he going to be suspended for assault on the referee for three months? Is he going to miss the Gold Cup? Um, I don't think he should be suspended that long, but, I mean, what's the latest going on with this? Well, it's a, it's definitely a, a a bit of an ugly incident. Uh, and look, straight up, it's a, it was it was it was funny. <laughs> it, it was pretty hilarious when you looked at it. Uh, obviously, uh, there there is a seriousness to it because look, you, you have a player. Uh, I'm not going to use the word assault, as some people want to call it, but uh, a player disrespecting a referee. Yeah. And 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 in this day and age, and and in the environment of the game these days, referees just you know they get a lot of abuse. And look, I get it. Referees, there's a lot of bad refereeing going on. There's a lot of bad officials. Uh, but that being said, I mean there has to kind of be a line be, a line to be drawn with 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 respect to officials. Uh, Clint Dempsey crossed that line, no question about it. Um, but you know they're, they're, now there's all the speculation about what's going to happen. Is he gonna, is he going to get a lengthy suspension? There were a lot of stories written about that. Actually, I wrote my I wrote a piece for Gold.com that's out this morning, uh, kind of touching on what the possibilities are. And and for me, look, he's not going to get a long suspension. Anyone who thinks he's going to get a long suspension, it, it's a little it's a little unrealistic. It's it's just uh, I know there are, are some some guidelines that are out there that people have kind of uh, misconstrued as being what has to happen. It's that's not going to be how it goes down. I think. I think he's going to get uh, – he's not getting a three-month suspension. He's not missing uh, – for me, I think there's a highly, 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 highly unlikely that he's going to miss the Gold Cup. Uh, I think he's going to miss a couple games at most in MLS play, if uh, you know, if that. And I think he'll miss probably at least at least one year of the Open Cup. I mean, I think that for me, as I wrote in my piece, I think that would be a fair punishment. And, and you I know mean, some you people – the remainder of this year or, or next year? No, no, well? all of next year. All of next year. I mean, I think does he that, play? Then does he play the remainder of this year? Then no. Well, they're out. They got eliminated. Oh, that's right. Uh, brain fart. Uh. Yeah, they're done. <laughs> so they're, they're done. They're done this year. But you know what? If you have a miss an entire Open Cup next year, maybe you know you have a miss a couple of games this year. I think that would send enough of a message. And I do, I do believe you need to send a message. Um, but I think there is almost a level of a, a, a witch hunt level type of of, of expectation that. He needs to miss three games. He needs to miss, I mean, three three months, six months, whatever. You know, it's a little crazy talk, right? I mean, it, it, it was a bad moment, but at the same time, we're not talking. He didn't punch a referee. 
he didn't physically, you know, push a referee. Uh, I believe Fabiana Swindler, I think he had six matches for pushing a referee. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, it, there, there will be a punishment, but it's not, I don't think it's going to be anywhere near as extreme as some people think it might be. Yeah. I mean, hopefully the punishment fits the crime and it's, yeah, it's not anything where it's just too crazy. And, yeah, I mean, U.S. soccer maybe needs to change up the... I know, it's it's fun. I mean, I said assault because by rule, technically it was. It's not. Anyways, point is, uh, Portland Timbers defeated the Seattle three 3-1. And how lucky are we, Ivis? Both these teams are going to be squaring off and uh, and facing each other um, coming up here very soon. I mean, which makes it even better that, that coming off this, both teams' heated emotions. Clint Dempsey gets taken off. Seattle finishes the game with, um, like I said, I think seven or eight players, something seven, like that. Seven players. Yeah, and then and, and then how lucky are we that, that we get to see them play each other on June 28th, which is about, what, a week and a half from now? Right. No, it, it should be a fun one. Now, one thing I do want to touch on here now, and not to, it, look, not to say that he had, that, that the red cards he gave were, were, all, were all bad or anything to that extent, but... There is there is something to be discussed here regarding the the referee for this game the referee whose notebook is gone and gotten ripped up that Clint Dempsey uh you know accosted uh the referee question is not a regular MLS referee this is not a guy who's ever officiated an MLS match um he's a fourth official right and you look at this you look at the guy's resume and you just have to ask yourself why did this guy get assigned. Such a high-profile game between two top rivals, two top teams. This is the biggest rivalry with with respect. You know, uh, no offense to anybody. This is the biggest rivalry in American soccer. How do you put a guy, an inexperienced referee, in charge of this game? And, and everything you look into regarding this referee is is of a guy who loses control of games, a guy who gives out a ton of cards. And, and and I don't think it's just look not to blame him for Dempsey's actions. I mean, or not to look. It doesn't excuse Dempsey's actions. There's something to be said for a, 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 an experienced referee being able to control a game, and and being able to set a tone in a game that keeps it in line. And you don't get the sense that this referee did this did this. And 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 I'm not going to sit here and, and rip on the referee. I'm going to sit here and ask why was this referee put in this position? And 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 it's a, you know what and. What's going on here? I mean, who's who's to who who who's to blame for that? Who? Because for me, if it's Sounders Timbers in a cup game, you need to have a high level, absolute top MLS referee working it. And and I get it, young. I get you. Inexperienced referees need need experience too. But in a game like that, you need to put the top guy. I mean, I'm sorry, you're not. You you can't tell me that if it, in the FA Cup. In England, if it's you know uh, Man United Arsenal or, Ch- or Chelsea Arsenal, you know top teams in the in the Premier League are facing off in the FA Cup, that they're going to have a league champion, an unheard of uh, fourth official or league championship uh, a referee working the game. I just refuse to believe that that would happen. So I think somebody really dropped the ball here. I don't know if it's a case of of, of cost cutting or, or or saving money and it was easier to, to sign this guy. But I mean, if you're gonna treat this competition with respect, the respect it deserves, you need to have the top officials working the top games. Um, looking at his profile, which you can find under ProReferees.com, he um, he's been around since 2012 as the fourth official. So he has some games under his belt. He has some. He has done an NASL game, but but I mean that that's the other thing. I mean, and and not to go off on a complete tangent, but but that's the problem also with refereeing in this country. Obviously, is you have your top referees, then then you have a huge major drop off. To the next level, the guys who are you know in and around USL, NESL, PDL. I mean, that's another thing. The, the refereeing in this in this country, it also needs to become a little bit better too. I mean, that that's that's another reality as well. No, no question. And 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 I, I don't want to give the impression like that 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 I'm excusing the 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 abuse either. I mean, uh, at a certain level, is bad. No, no matter how bad refs are, you got to still behave yourself. Of you course, still have a, a certain level. Of, of professionalism of your professional athlete, of, uh, you know, of, of respect, no matter what level you are, because, you know what, it's a tough job. We all know it. it's a tough job. Um, and you don't have to be happy about bad calls, but you have to still be able to behave yourself. And, and, and I mean, obviously, when you want to get to, you get to the extreme level of the, of the spectrum, obviously, you had the death of the referee, and, and I believe it was in Detroit or in the, Detroit, or in the Michigan area. 
uh, a referee who was punched and ended yep. up dying. I mean, that, that, I mean, I know that's an extreme case, but I mean, I just think that, I mean, at a certain point, there still needs to be respect for the game, respect for, the, for, for that, that authority. Uh, and you don't have to like the call. You could dispute it. But when you get, when you get to the point of physicality, when you get to the point of grabbing his, uh, you know, his, uh, the book and ripping it up, I mean, it was funny. And I'll be the first to say it was funny, but at the, when you when I first saw it, I was like, "This is this is crazy. This is uh, this is like unbelievable." But was it wait, a, was it funny because it was Clint Dempsey? It would have been funny if it was like Brad Evans or Mark I mean, Papa, the fact that it, you know, I, I think it was funny. I think it would have been funny regardless. But I think Dempsey, the fact that it was Dempsey, was a little made, made it a little more. Yeah, surreal. that's what I kind of think. Um, <laughs> and look, you know what? It, obviously, it was the heat of the moment thing. I mean, they were down to you know they were down to eight men at that point. You're in a high. You're an intense, in an intense derby match. Uh, extra time, uh, you know. If you're and you're Dempsey, you know what? He lost his cool, you know. And uh, I'm not going to excuse him and say he deserves no punishment, but at the same time, I could, uh, you know, you could, you know, hey, listen, he's a new dad. He's probably not getting a lot of sleep. Uh, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> you, know, you. you need I'm to be saying, a defense I'm, trial I'm his, lawyer. I'm his lawyer. I'm his lawyer. No, but look, I don't know. I, 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 he should listen. He should face some punishment. Because I do believe a precedent has to be. I mean, I, I, a message has to be sent. I, I, I agree with that because it wasn't a good look to have the captain of the U.S. national team act that way. Not at all. And and especially in light of what, ha- what happened in Chile with Arturo Vidal. And look, it's not the same thing, even close to the same thing. But I mean, the people the, the people down in Chile just dropped. They, I mean, you want to talk about dropping the ball? I mean, they let Arturo Vidal off the hook for drunk driving. The guy crashed his car. He totaled his Ferrari, could have died, could have killed his wife, could have killed, you know, everybody in that car. And he didn't even, he got a slap on the wrist. He's like, oh, now you can go to practice now. If you want to talk about an extreme of, of letting a, a, an athlete off the hook, that, the, the, the bar, as I wrote in my piece, the, that Chile has set the bar as low as it can go, right? And and you know what? Right now, American soccer, U.S. soccer, MLS, all the people that are involved, whoever ultimately will be involved in the decision on Dempsey, uh, they have a chance to to send a message. They have a chance to to show that listen, you know, players can be held accountable. Now, have, but at the same time, you can't expect it to be like they're gonna drop the hammer and 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 give them a huge outrageous suspension. I just that's just not gonna happen. All right, we'll bring it back to the U.S. Open Cup as a whole. We did mention that the Cosmos, they advanced to the lone NASL team to advance uh, all the way to the fifth round. The lone USL team is the Charlotte Independents, who defeated the New England Revolution. And then SBI team choice, PSA Elite, unfortunately suffered a, a 6-1 to loss to the LA Galaxy. So we only have two lower division teams in the next round, Cosmos um, and Charlotte Independents. So uh, clearly, Ivis, you know who we're rooting for now in the next round, the Cosmos and Independents. Of course. of course. Well, I mean, uh, we're not rooting for anybody. I'm rooting for a great game. I'll tell you what. I'm going to be at Red Bull Arena for Red Bulls Cosmos, and that's a, that is going to be a hell of a game. And listen, if you're a Red Bulls fan, you better find a way to be at that game because that is going to be a game. And I'll tell you what. The, 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 the Cosmos fan, I, I, I'm not saying that they're going to be the favorites going into that game, but they have an absolute great chance to win that game because if you think about it, right, their season's done. They're going to be rested. They're going to be able to rest up, get healthy, uh, you know, hopefully for their sake, they're going to get some of their guys back that have, that have been out. And they're going to be playing a Red Bulls team in the middle of a really, really tough stretch of games, right? And uh, they're going to be tired. And and I think it's going to be a fresher Cosmos team against the against Red Bulls team that, listen, they're going to have to play a full-strength team because they can't afford to lose this game. No, they cannot. And, that, and, especially back to back years, losing to the Cosmos no, in the Open Cup, no way. Yeah, if you're the Rebels, you cannot afford to lose this game. And look, Jesse Marsh has already—I mean, it's already seen clear that Jesse Marsh has taken the Open Cup seriously. He started a full strength lineup against the Atlanta Silverbacks. I was at that game, uh, and and I was actually surprised that they they started as much of a full strength team as they did. Um, Against Atlanta, look, no offense to Atlanta, but I don't think you needed a full strength Red Bulls team to beat them, and they didn't. They just, they, they they handled them easily. Um, but I, I feel like Jesse Marshall was sending a message there, like, hey, listen, we know in the past the the club did not did not always did not always uh, you know did uh, show the Open Cup the respect maybe deserved, didn't always uh, commit to it, but this year we're committing to it. 
So from that standpoint, I think Jesse Marsh, he's going to put out as strong a team as he can. I think, and imagine, look look at the Red Bull schedule. They play at NYCFC on Sunday. So you got that big rivalry game. And then you have, boom, Wednesday, you're at home against the Cosmos, another rivalry game. And that, I mean, this is great, man. This is great. This is what we've wanted for so long, these kind of, these kind of real deal rivalry matchups. And now we have them, and, it, and I, I, I can't. I mean, I said it for more than a decade that this is why you want another team in New York, uh, because you can build that, and and you can have these robberies really, really cultivate the game, really raise the game up in the in in a huge market like New York, and and now we're seeing that. Well, the fifth round U.S. Open Cup games will be played on June 30th. Four games will be played there. And then on July 1st, four games will be played there. And before we move on to preview MLS Week 16, I guess we have to remind everyone to go to SoccerLoco.com. It's our new sponsor. And right now you can go to their website and get 10% off your entire order if you enter an SBI 10 at the cart window when you're ready to purchase. And the great thing about Soccer Loco, Ivis, they got cleats, they got gear. If you're looking to gear up for the summer, you're looking to gear up for the fall, it's coming up here pretty soon. I mean, it's crazy we're halfway through June. Soccer Loco is a great place to go. No, no question. And, hey, the Gold Cup is right around the corner. It's like two weeks away. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. What happened to the summer? I know. That's what I'm but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, the Gold Cup's coming. So if you do not have your new U.S. national team jersey, you need to go get one because it's, an, you know, you know, it is New Jersey's every year. Uh, the blue ones, I have to say, have grown on me. So, uh, you know what? If you don't have one, you might have to go get one. Yes. And if you get and if you're going to get a jersey, get it at Soccer Loco and make sure you use the code. Because, hey, who doesn't want 10 percent off? Yeah, everyone wants 10 percent off. Great. Play. And it's for everything, too. That's for gears. I mean, sorry, it's for gear, jerseys, anything that you need to gear up for the soccer season. 10 percent off SoccerLoco.com. Enter an SBI 10. Do have games this weekend? It's Major League Soccer's Week 16, and uh, and looking at the schedule, Ivis DC United is at home taking on the New England Revolution. DC at home is pretty much perfect. They rarely drop points. New England coming off a victory in which they stopped the bleeding, very big for them. Yes, it was against the Chicago Fire, but look at that point, New England hadn't won a game in six matches. They needed points in the worst way possible. New England still coming into this match a little banged up. DC at home. Back-to-back losses. I mean, you have a good match between two teams where DC's going to be looking to bounce back, and New England's looking to prove that last week just wasn't just just a minor blip in, in, the, in the team's struggles so far throughout the season. It's a tough one to call. I mean, DC's at home. They're obviously a tough team at home. Uh, New England, as you said, they're, they're, they're a little banged up. Obviously, they don't have Jermaine Jones, and that's a big blow for them. Um, it, this, was gonna, it, this is a tough one, man. This is a real coin toss for me. I think... Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go DC in this one. I mean, I, I think just I'll give them the edge because they're at home. And um, but this is this this one could definitely go either way. Um, but I'm gonna go DC. I, I, I feel like I've I feel like I've slept on them long uh, a long time. And I don't I don't you know may, maybe I'm a little hard on them on, on on picks. But I think they've shown me a lot. You know, even though they, they they've dropped a few results recently, I think mm-hmm. they're they're a tough team and. I think I see Bill Hamid having himself a game in this one, and uh, I think they win. No, it just helps without, you know, I mean, look, it helps DC's case without having Jermaine Jones. I mean, New England's really going to have to figure something out. And yes, they will get Jermaine Jones back eventually. But until then, I mean, I was, they got to figure something out without Jermaine Jones here. Yeah, I mean, you know, as as we saw last year, they're, they're and this year, or more so last year, they're, they're a different team with Jones. Obviously, he, he gives them that toughness uh, that they're going to have to account for. Uh, and especially a team like against a team like DC. Uh, a tenacious team like them, I think you're definitely going to miss Jones more than than against some other opponents. But look, they still have a lot of firepower. Uh, I think Charlie Davies, for one, is is a player who's going to get up for a game like this. Obviously, going up against the former his former team, going going up against the coach who he did by all accounts didn't have the best relationship uh, in Ben Olsen. So you know what? I, I think I think Davies will be up for this game. I think New Orleans will be up for this game, but I'm still going to give the edge to DC. Uh, New York Red Bulls taking on. The Vancouver Whitecaps, and it's you know this is kind of weird, Alvis. You know when you look at New York Red Bulls, they're fifth in the Eastern Conference. Their last win um, was oh, my computer stinks. Was on was on May tenth against New York City FC. Before that, their previous win was against April seventeenth. And to me, it just doesn't seem like New York Red Bulls have struggled. But they're entering this match on a three match losing streak. They're playing Vancouver, who has had their ups and downs over the last few weeks and and look in, in New York the Eastern Conference isn't as competitive as the Western Conference but I mean New York three three losses in a row I mean they they got they got to they got to start figuring things out here Ivis 
Oh, no question, man. They're 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 they're, miss, they're missing something. And look, man, I said it early. I said it in the beginning of the year. I said it even when they were on their run, their run of, of results, that you felt like they, that team. It was still a little. It was a bit of an incomplete team. And as impressive as they were early in the year, you know, at a certain point, your level is your level, and 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 you kind of get to that level. Uh, and I was, I you know, I felt for a while that they, they were playing above above their, uh, you know. Above their what their level is going to ultimately mm-hmm. be, given the roster that they have, and now you look at it. I mean, they've won one match uh, between now and, and mid-April. I mean, one match in two months, and that was the win against NYCFC, the the big derby win. They've lost three in a row now, and uh, you know they, they're going to be home, which should help them. And again, I wonder how the Open Cup's going to affect them. They played the, they played a full strength squad. Bradley Ray Phillips started. Lloyd Sam started and actually left the match injured. I don't know what his status is for this game. If they if they don't have Lloyd Sam, that's going to be a big blow. And they're going to go up against a Vancouver team that is a real a real handful. So uh, you know what? The, this is going to be a tough one for, for for the Red Bulls. And they 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 can't keep dropping results because the way the Eastern Conference is, is looking right now, it's shaping up. I mean, they're you know all they're in fifth right now. They're tied for fifth on points. I mean, they're behind Toronto. They're only two points ahead of Montreal. I mean, uh, of Philly and and Montreal sitting back there with with a bunch of games in hand. So, you know, if you're the Red Bulls, you you, you need you do need to right the ship. But I don't know, man. Vancouver's a tough one. Well, the other thing too for New York, and you don't want to put too much pressure, but Bradley Wright Phillips hasn't scored, and I, and I think it's maybe last four or five matches. I mean, that's another thing that just added pressure on him to have to start delivering for New York. Right. I mean, look, it's not all him. I mean, I think it's not all on him. I mean, I think the attack. Look, he needs help. They need to go get a DP. Then you need to go get a high-profile attacking player. There's no question. And if Roy, if, and if Lloyd Sam is hurt, I mean that that's gonna be that need is gonna be magnified even more. Um, and look, they have a nice midfield. I mean, I think uh, I think McCarty's good. So, you know, Sasha Kleshin obviously is very good. Um, you know, Mike Grella's been kind of a you know he's been a decent option on the left. I mean, he's not he's not a world beater, but you know, it, I don't know, man. I feel like they need they need to get at least another. Another a, a top attacking player, and I know there was talk about Drogba recently. Uh, I thought that was pretty funny that whole Didier Drogba link because uh, you know he was asked by some reporter about about the Red Bulls, and and he, you know he he, he was kind of you know watching the video, you got the sense that he was just tired. You know he just kind of you know he was joking. He was joking a bit. He's like you know what if you if you call the Red Bulls owners, I'll be there. He's uh, they're not Drogba's not coming to the Red Bulls. That's not happening. But they do need something. They need they need another. I don't know if they. I don't know if they're gonna. I don't think it'll be a forward, but I think they do need help. Uh, another uh, uh, like a true attacking midfielder, a dangerous winger. Uh, they need something because right now, looking at it, their attack's not good enough. Their attack is not good enough to win a title. Their attack for me is not good enough to be a top two team or even a top three team in the Eastern Conference. Seattle Sounders taking on San Jose Earthquakes at home. Obafemi Martins is going to be out of this one. I think he's missing the next month with a groin injury. Um, also, Chad Barrett is going to be out of this match too. Alonzo is potentially in doubt. Um, in the uh, Seattle, I mean, these are just a few pieces from the puzzle that they're missing, but still, I mean, nonetheless, I mean, a big opportunity for San Jose to take advantage of, of Seattle missing some key players this weekend. Well, it's not just them. I mean, they could be missing Clint Dempsey, right? I it's mean, also uh, true. Forgot about yeah, Dempsey uh, too. Yeah, I mean, if he's if he ends up being suspended, then that's that's going to be a big one. So, um, this is a this is going to be a tough one. And look, San Jose has been a tough team this year to deal with. I mean, I know, uh, you know, quietly, you know, as it's kept. I mean, they've slipped lately uh, on the results side. They've slipped out of the top six, um, but they're at home. And I know they have the, they're on this little uh, three match winless run, but I think they're going to be a handful, especially against a, a Seattle team that is missing all their forwards, or they could be if that's suspended. Um, I'm going to go San Jose uh, in a bit of an upset. Um, although, how much how you know is is it as big an upset when you don't have Dempsey or Armin Martins? Um, I'm going to go San Jose. I think it's going to be a tough one. Uh, I think they're going to beat up Seattle. They're going to be physical with them, and I think I, I think we'll see like a one zero Seattle one zero. San Jose one. Well, the other thing too is, I mean, both teams played extra time in their Open Cup games on Wednesday. I mean, so they're going to come into the match tired. It, you know, it could be a sloppy match. It could be. This could not is be not. Ugly. It's going to be an ugly. Way. I mean, yeah. it's already. You know, San Jose can make games ugly already, but this is going to be an even uglier match. Um, Montreal Impact, Orlando City, uh, squaring off this weekend. Same thing, man. Montreal suffering a lot of injuries. Orlando slowly starting to figure it out. Ivis, they're on a five match on beaten streak, but my Montreal. I mean, they've looked pretty good. Lots of injuries, but um, I mean, look, this is gonna be good. Op- look, this, 
But the reality is this: this is a good match, Ivis, between two teams in the Eastern Conference that are that are you could say doing a little bit better than expectations are for them throughout the season right now. Right. I mean, they're both on a better run of form. Even though, look, Montreal lost last week to New York to NYCFC. But I think for me, this could this could be the best game of the weekend in terms of entertainment value, in terms of uh, attacking soccer. Uh, I think this is going to be a good game. I think if you're if you're a fan and you're looking for something to watch, this game could surprise you. This game, I think this game is going to be a good game. Orlando, um, you know, going up to Montreal, it's not going to be easy. I think Montreal is going to make it tough. I, you know what? I'm going to go Montreal in this one. I mean, you know, I know Orlando's doing well, but I think Montreal getting back home, coming off that loss to NYCFC, I know they're not going to be happy about that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go Montreal, but this is going to be a good one, man. I think we're going to see goals. I think it'd be like a, you know, it could be a three, three-two. You know, uh, there's going to be goals in this one. It's going to be a fun one. We're also like taking on Sporting Kansas City. We're also like coming off uh, the U.S. Open Cup victory where they defeated the Seattle Sounders um, FC two. The one thing in that one is. Real Salt Lake played the majority of their starters. Sporting Kansas City, on the other hand, also played uh, the majority of their starters. So, once again, we could have another sloppy match. Um, but going into this one, I, was, I mean, Real Salt Lake, I mean, look, they're only four points out of the spot in the Western Conference. But the reality is this. The Western Conference is tough. Real Salt Lake is struggling. They need points in any way possible. And against Sporting Kansas City this weekend, RSL needs to come away with, I know three points would be great, but they got to come away with some points this weekend. Uh, yeah, man, it's it's getting it's getting uh, into crunch time now for them. I mean, look, I know it's only June. I know we're not even halfway through the season, but when you look at the standings, I mean, you're not used to seeing Real Salt Lake uh, in next to last place, right? I mean, it, it, you know, it's not a it's not a it's not a good predicament for them for for um, Jeff Gasar. I mean, look, we knew it. We knew this was going to be a bit of a rebuilding season for them, obviously. Um, but look, Sporting Kansas City. Has been really on really good form. They've really been lighting it up, and and you know, I mean, they haven't lost a match since April. I mean, it's it's been two months. It's been two months since Sporting Kansas City's last loss, and uh, I don't see that streak ending in this one. I think I think Casey, even though the altitude is going to play a part, I just think Kansas City's is on a good run right now. They're on a good run of form. I'm going to go KC to win this one. Portland Timbers taking on the Houston Dynamo. Uh, this weekend, Portland man, Ivis things are starting to turn around for Portland, dude. They got all their players back. They're on a three-match winning streak, dude. Can Portland one run away? Ivis continue this trend against Houston this weekend? They they should. Uh, hey man, they're run. They're on a roll, man. Three three wins in a row. They just won their open cup match against Seattle. I mean, look how how good are things right now for Caleb Porter? Um, it's crazy. It's funny how things change, right? I mean, they, you know, you, you think about. Uh, you know that match, the, the match where where the the fans put the banner up, which I know I'm sure uh, didn't make him too happy, and 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 Portland has responded, and now they're starting to climb up the standings. I mean, they jumped up to fourth, and they have a real chance here. Um, with Seattle stump, with Seattle having Obafemi Martins out and Dempsey possibly suspended, um, you know they have a chance to kind of close the gap uh, on them. Uh, and you know what? I tell you what, man. I, I like Portland. I think Portland's going to go on a nice, on a pretty good run here. LA Galaxy taking on the Philadelphia Union. LA, think about this. This weekend they'll be playing their league leading 18th match, which will put them on pace with DC United for the most bat- matches played this weekend. Philadelphia out of the last five matches, three wins, two losses in the last five. So things are getting better for Philadelphia, who have an opportunity I this weekend to take advantage of LA side, who oh, they're a good team, but have shown some weaknesses over the past few weeks. Uh, I'm sorry. Sorry, Philly fans. LA's going to roll in this one, I think. Um, Robbie Keane's back. Uh, and, and look, Philly traveling west is not, is not always worked out well for them. I mean, uh, you know, it's a tough trip. I think LA having, having Zardis back, having Keane back, I think they're going to get, they're, they're going to start to turn it up now and, and show that championship level, um, with that we haven't seen a, a ton from them this season. But obviously, having Robbie Keane back is a huge, huge part of that. I, you know, I know it was a you know PSA Elite isn't exactly uh, an MLS team, so you, you, you take that blowout win with a grain of salt. But, hey, hey, they have some good players in there. PSA oh, no question. They, look, hey, look, they got some players who will be pros and will be and could be the top pros one day. Um, but having said that, I think it's a good confidence builder. It's a good uh, way to transition back, get Robbie Keane back, get him transition back in. And I think they're going to roll in this one. Uh, I think they're going to. I think it's going to be. A, I think it's going to get ugly. 
Toronto FC taking on New York City FC. And uh, Toronto FC, man, things are going pretty well for them. They've uh, won their last three matches. And more importantly, Josie Altador is back this weekend. And uh, and I think poor New York City FC, I think Toronto will cut short their two-match winning streak. <laughs> yes, I think it's. I think that's fair to say. I think, look, Toronto, um, they had last week off, right? So, they, they, you know, they had last week off. Uh, so maybe it's a little easier to forget the fact that Giovinco is is on fire these days, um, and I think I think having him, having Altidore, having Bradley, the three Musketeers up in Toronto, uh, they're just going to be too much for NYCFC. And before we get into our interview with U20 men's national team goalkeeper Zach Steffen, we just want to remind everyone to go to SoccerLoco.com. It's a great place to pick up apparel, gear for the upcoming soccer season. Yes, I know it's the summer, but look, soccer season for the club, for the adult scene, that's going to be starting up here in August. Look, you want to be prepared. You want to be ready. You want to make sure that the cleats that you buy, you break them in. They're not giving you blisters. Go to SoccerLoco.com. Great opportunity to take advantage of some great deals they have this summer on jerseys and gear plus if you enter sbi10 at soccerloco.com at the cart you get 10 percent off your entire order sbi10 at soccerloco.com 10 percent off your entire online purchase soccer gear jerseys everything you need soccerloco.com and Evis, we talked about this for the last couple of weeks, and that was the U20 men's national team. Fantastic run in the World Cup in New Zealand. A lot of players stood out. A lot of players looked awesome. This is a very uh, exciting age group, a great opportunity for U.S. soccer fans to really get pumped for the future, which they should in general, but just a lot of these kids show a lot of potential. One of those is Zach Steffen. I mean, dude, the goalkeeper, Ivis, for the U20s, I mean, he was lights out. He was outstanding during this tournament run. No, no question. And look, coming into the competition, he was definitely, you know, he was one of the players that for me, you know, it was it was going to be key to, to their success. Uh, he's a guy who was on the last under 20 team. He was he was the, the third goalkeeper. Um, and coming into this one, he was always going to be a key, key player. And, and he absolutely uh, lived up to the billing that that he's had for a while now as that kind of next generation goalkeeper, that that once in a generation talent. And I know a lot of people are looking at it and thinking, oh, you know, how good can he really be? And, and I think now people have a sense of why there's been hype around around Zach Steffen for a while now. And he's still early in his career. Obviously, he just turned pro. Uh, so he's really just on the beginning stages uh, of what pro- is a promising career. But I think we got a real good glimpse into the future with, with just the. The heroics at the at the goal at the World Cup. Oh, you're exactly right. And speaking of the goalkeeper, we have Zach on the phone with us right now. Zach, how you doing today, man? I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you for the intro. It's a pleasure having you on, man. First off, we have to I mean congratulations on I mean what a successful run for you guys and for yourself. It was a lot of fun watching you guys and, and just congratulations, man. I, I think you inspired a lot of American soccer fans with the play of yourself and from the U twenty group. Thank you. I appreciate that. I think uh I think yeah, the team prove that USA is no country to uh, reckon with and that uh, we're serious about coming in and trying trying to bring home a trophy. Now, now Zach, were you were you surprised at all by how how much it was followed? Did you get a sense of how how closely people were following the tournament uh, back home here in the States? Because, I mean, I know you were there two years ago, but it almost felt like there was more buzz about this tournament than there was even two years ago. Yeah, yeah. I think there definitely was a lot more buzz. Um, I think the World Cup in Brazil kind of shined a light on uh, soccer all around the world. So I think there's a little bit more, uh, we had a lot more supporters and a lot more fans uh, watch us and root for us. And that was awesome. That was awesome to see. It was like one thing about the this the U20 group that you're part of, and you guys have been around for, for quite some time. And it goes back to even to last year in 2014 when you guys had that successful run at Dallas Cup. You know, going into this tournament, I mean, did you guys have that expectation that you could go as far as you went, or did you guys have that mentality as I mean, we're we're coming we're com- coming here to compete for for the trophy for for the final result of winning this tournament? I mean, what was the mentality of all of you guys coming into this tournament? Uh, we we wanted it all. We wanted to. Uh go there, uh, play our game, play our American, uh, American style and, uh, bring home the trophy just like every other team. Um, and we are confident in, uh, in the skills that we had as a team and how, how close we were, uh, bonding off the field too. Um, we were very confident. 
Now, now, as far as the group itself, uh, um, I know a lot of U.S. fans who maybe weren't familiar with with the guys on the team now know how good a lot of these guys are. Now, you, you've played with these guys, but but having said that, was there anyone that kind of maybe surprised you, exceeded your expectations, anyone who had a tournament that you were like, wow, like he really kind of, you know, stood on his head and had a great tournament? I I think I could point out most players on our team that had a very good tournament. Um, it's very hard to play your game at that high of a level and uh, with the whole world watching. Um, so I was very happy with our whole team because I think when we were out on the field, I think everybody pretty much uh, died for each other, and that's what we went there to do. Oh, come on, Jack. You don't have to be modest. You can just say yourself. It's okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Not at all. I don't think so. Nate. <laughs> And then, you know we have to ask you about the sh- the, the penalty shootouts. You're, you're becoming a you're going to get the rep already as a bit of a penalty uh, penalty master. You might you're going to take Nick Romando's uh, uh, mantle since he's the parent, he's the best American uh, goal, no. goalkeeper when it comes to penalties. So uh, tell me about take us back to that shootout. And I mean obviously it it, it didn't end well for you guys, but you personally uh, came up with some huge saves. Had made some saves when you guys were on the brink of elimination. Uh, was it just like any other PKs, or did you or did you feel that extra pressure knowing that if you don't save this, you guys are up? I mean, I definitely had that thought uh, running through my mind. Um, that if they scored, then the game was over and we were heading home. Um, so that was definitely in my head, and I was just trying to stay focused on the player and on the ball and not in the not focus on the situation that we were in. Um, just thinking it was just another penalty shot, and whatever happens, happens. Now, now, are you still following the tournament? Are you, uh, or, or did you kind of zone it out? Or are you, uh, what's the thought now? Rooting for Serbia? What's the, what, what's the thought now about that tournament? Uh, with the final t- taking place on the twentieth. Yeah. Uh, I just want to see a good game. Yeah. I mean, it stinks that Serbia's there, and uh, we feel that uh, we had a chance to be there. But uh, I just hope it's a good game. So is things does sting a little that they're there? Do you, is it almost kind of keep it in your mind like, man, we'd be there, we would be, we'd be yeah. at the time. Right. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we all uh, had have a group message from the tournament, and we were talking about talking a little bit about it uh, today, actually, and saying that it's not a, it's not a good feeling. Well, how important is that bond that that you mentioned earlier for, between you and all the players? I mean, it's great to see that all of you guys. Are still talking, you know, for that for the success of of this group that you're in, this age group that you're participating in. I mean, do you guys all kind of challenge yourself on a daily basis to strive to become the best? Because I mean, it definitely seems like you guys are all really close. Yeah, yeah, our bonds were very, very close. Uh, I mean, we've been in camps with the guys for two years now, and even before that, a lot of us were with the youth, the uh, other youth national teams. So we've known each other, we've known all all of each other pretty much for a while, except for. Gideon, who just came in, and that's really it. Um, so most of us have like a lot of history. So I think um, that translates onto the field at practice too. We just want to make each other better, and uh, we push each other. We push ourselves, um, and that helps us when uh, the game rolls around. How was it with the new guys? Because obviously, like you said, you knew a lot of the other guys for a long time, but then you have guys come in who who had no history. And there's always that concern, like, how are they going to fit in the group? Uh, I know DeSavio Payne had been in a previous camp, but still, I mean, you had guys who were relatively new, and it seemed like everyone kind of fit in pretty well. How, what was that like with the new guys, and how did they kind of fit in? Uh, I mean, that's a national team. You got guys coming in uh, randomly, whenever. Um, so we just tried to get them on the same page, uh, and uh, that, that was the coach's job. Um but they they flew uh, they're pretty pretty fluent with our play. Um, so it only took a couple of days to practice to uh, get them playing our style and seeing what we wanted on the field um, and how we wanted to like pressure teams and uh, play the ball on the ground and stuff like that. Um, so it wasn't it wasn't that hard. Right. Now, now we we talked. Uh, I had a chance to talk to you before you went to Germany and. Uh, Obviously, it was an exciting new adventure for you. You're turning pro, uh, about to embark on that whole experience. So, so now that you've had had time over there uh, in Germany, what's that been like? What, what was that experience like, and, and how much did did that help you maybe going into this World Cup? 
Yeah, it's definitely a cool experience. Um, Germany is awesome. Uh, Freiburg's a great place. Um, I like the city. I like my apartment. Uh, the team's great. They're, uh, they always have your back and always asking how you're doing. Um, so the support from them is great. Uh, so I, li- I like my spot over there. When um, Landon Donovan was there, I mean, and you're a young buck. You're 20 years old. When Landon Donovan was back wearing his yellow hair, I mean, you were a young kid. But still, to have someone at Landon Donovan's presence at the World Cup in New Zealand, I mean, what, what did that mean for you as a player? What did that mean for the team? And what do you tell you guys? It was awesome to have Landon Donovan there. He was so much class and so much respect for him. Um, he's a great guy, and he any any little thing that we needed or had a question on, he was always there to talk to us and give him give uh, give us his advice. Um, so it was awesome to have there him there and know that people like him at his, at his level of uh, success are still paying attention and willing to. Uh, help the young the younger guys um so it's nice to have that type of support you know what is was the one thing that stood out to you though since you have moved over to germany i mean you left call you left the university of maryland early after two years of being there i mean obviously a lot had to go into that decision but from what you've learned of being a pro for these past few months i mean what what has it taught you uh there i've definitely learned a couple of new things uh over in germany that i definitely don't think i would have uh learned in the spring at maryland so i'm glad i decided to decide to embark on a new journey and um, it definitely has helped me uh, help my play going into the World Cup what are some of the things that you learned specifically that, that you said have helped your play uh, I would just say uh, like the professionalism really uh, that you have to have at these types of tournaments um, like when you need to sleep and not stay up on your computer or, or um, just like stretching after practice, like, like little things like that. Um, I definitely learned that over in Germany to like take care of your body and stuff like that. Now, now you, you obviously you hear about how different it is over there and, and, and you're on your own over there. How, how how is it over there? Like how different is it? Just even not even the pro the club setup, but just living in Europe and, and living away from home outside of kind of your comfort zone. What's that adjustment been like? I mean, it sounds like it's it's gone pretty well. And how is your German? Have you learned any German yet? Um, yeah, I've learned some German, uh, but I'm gonna go back and hit it really hard uh, when I go back at the in the in, the, in June. Um, but. Uh, Germany, it has, it has, there's some uh, good days and then there's some bad days, obviously. Um, I mean, you got to grow up quick when you go over and live on your own. And, uh, but I would say the transition's been pretty good. Um, like I said, Freiburg's been, been very helpful and my family support's been great. Um, so there are definitely some good days and then there are some hard days where you're missing home and I uh, just want a little, want a little break, but, He's got to push through it. Right. So, so you're missing home. Are you missing homework yet? I have a feeling you're not. You're not missing homework. <laughs> no nope, classes. Nope, I am not. Not at all. <laughs> no classes. No homework. Great. What? What? what uh, are there obviously some Americans over there. I mean, is, is there that kind of little fraternity of, of of Americans over there? Do you keep in touch with guys? I know Russell Canusa over there. Joe Giles over there. Like, is is there that kind of connection you guys have that, you know, kind of keep in touch with each other? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're always uh, hitting each other up and we're always trying to find a day here and there uh, to come and hang out if uh, our off days uh, connect, uh, which is rare. But we always, Russell and I always try and do that. And uh, we have Junior over there too. So, um, so we always try and keep in touch. And then there's Mackie in France and I have been talking about uh, – linking up when we when we go back there so yeah bond the bonds are close zach now that the u20 world cup is in the rear mirror what's next for you i mean what are you focusing on for this coming year uh i'm focusing on just getting games at Freiburg, going back and having a good preseason and then um getting some games right i, I know before you left you you were you were pretty confident that 
they they were setting it up for you to be able to get games, get get significant minutes. I mean, do you feel like that's going to happen for you now when you go back? I mean, have they kind of laid out a plan for you how how it's going to go for you? Uh, I mean, they have laid out a plan for me before the World Cup. So, um, so yeah, uh, so the plan is to get games, but I got to put in the work first. Right, right. And then you know there is another tournament in a few months. You have the uh, under twenty three. Uh, qualifying tournament, Olympic qualifying tournament. Obviously, you're 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 younger, uh, you're a couple years younger. But I mean, do you are you looking at that? I mean, do you want to be a part of that? Do you feel like you you can be a part of that group too? I mean, that'd be awesome to be a part of that group. Um, but I'm just focusing on Fiber right now. Now you know we have to ask, or I don't know if you have been asked. Or, uh, at what point will you shave your head, or will you shave your head? Because you know, American goalkeepers, the bald American goalkeeper fraternity is a strong one. You got Tim Howard. <laughs> Brad Friedel, Casey yeah. Keller, Brad Duzan, uh, pretty long, illustrious list. Is it is it safe to say you're keeping your hair, or are you thinking about, you know, it might be time to shave it? Uh, it's definitely safe to say, or safe to say that I'm keeping the hair. <laughs> is it because you yeah, like your I hair don't... too much, or you don't look good with a bald head? It's just, my, I don't look good with a bald head. My head's too small. So I think this is a requirement, time, though. Hopefully. I think you have to sign paperwork that says you will shave your head going forward, though, Zach. <laughs> I hope I hope not. I hope that. <laughs> you said you don't look good with one. When's the last time you had a bald head? Bald head? Um, probably. I used to shave my head back in like middle school, maybe in like ninth grade. And it wasn't a good look. No, well, I don't know why I did it. We need we need Ivis. We need someone to find uh, a middle school yearbook of Zach. Right. If That's anybody has, oh, God. no, <laughs> I, no, please don't. I used to be so chubby too. Oh God. If anyone has pictures of bald Zach Stefan. Uh, <laughs> hit me up at, at Soccer by Ivis. All you have to do is hit up my sister and she'll send you a whole. Nice, nice. Nice, yeah. man. Well, we'll, we'll uh, that's it, man. I, th- I think we covered it all. I, I, one for me, I, I got to ask before I forget. Um, everyone, the under 20 World Cup, there's always obviously so much star power there. So, like y- young uh, prospects on the come up. A lot of the world's best players have come through it. Uh, did anybody that you faced kind of stand out for you? Any any players that you left looking looking back and thinking like that kid's going to be a star? I have a feeling I'll be seeing him down the road. Uh, I think seventeen on Ukraine. Uh, he was a he was a big guy that we uh, focused on in the video before the game, and he still came out and did his thing, had a hat trick. Uh, so I think he has very a uh, very very good chance of uh, doing well and being successful and. Uh, I'll probably see him down the line, hopefully. Um, and then I saw number 11 on um, Serbia. Very good. Number 20 on Serbia was very good. Um, but all all the teams had very good very good players. It was, uh, it was a tough World Cup. Right. And one, and one last one, not to bring it up. but So you guys start off against Myanmar, and, and most people expect you to blow them out. And it, and the game started off a bit rough for you guys. Uh, how was that kind of a was there a wake up call there? Like, did you was it almost surprising how that how quickly things happened in that game? I mean, it, it was a bit of a rough way to start the tournament. Yeah, it definitely wasn't the way we wanted to start the tournament. We were obviously we were nervous. Uh, we think it, we I think we focused on Myanmar a little bit too much um, and didn't focus on our game. Uh, as much so we had a lot of stuff in our head and instead of just playing the game we, we were thinking and hoping it went that way and so I think that was a little wake-up call and then we brought it back against New Zealand. Nice. nice. Well Zach uh, thank you so much for jumping on the show with us today uh, you know good luck with the uh, continued success good luck in Europe this year and we'd love to catch up with you down the road thanks for jumping on the show today. Thank you very much thank you for having me. And great stuff with Zach. I'm excited for this kid, Ivis. He has great potential ahead of him. Um, definitely seems like he has a good head on his shoulders. And uh, and look, it's just going to be fun to see him develop over the next couple of years. No, no doubt, no doubt about it. And I gotta, I gotta admit, it was a little disappointing to hear that he will not be shaving his head. Yeah. Uh, but hey, listen, you, you you just have to at a certain point you have to accept whether or not you can you you look good with a ball head, and not everybody looks good with a ball head. Let's be let's be let's be fair about it. I mean, so. Uh, uh, hopefully, hopefully his sister comes through with, with, with some pictures for us. We have to reach out to her. Yes, or um, anyone who went to middle school with him listening to this. 
Yeah, yeah. Find, I don't know find your yearbook and take a picture. And although, although to be fair, I don't know if we do find them and put them out there. I don't know if he'll ever come back on the show. That might, that might. Uh, oh, might, come that on. Might sever, that might sever our relationships. But uh, no, it was good. It was good to have him on. Uh, you know, I know, I know not, not everybody was familiar with him. Um, and, and, but it's, I mean, it's great to see him come along. And hopefully this year he does start to get that, get the playing time at Freiburg. Uh, with their reserve team, and and you know what? Before you know it, we'll be talking about him playing in Germany, and then hopefully in the Bundesliga. Mm-hmm. All right, well, Ivis. Before we wrap up today's show, we do have ask. We do have an SBI Q and A. Remember, everyone, we haven't done this in a while, but you can always submit your questions on Twitter using hashtag Ask the SBI Show. We're going to try to get into more of a team where we answer your questions. Remember, hashtag Ask the SBI Show on Twitter, and anytime it doesn't have to be when we send out the tweet. It could be at any time. First question comes from Gunner. Any word on core DP player acquisition rules difficult to be top league without top players. Money helps get those players. Well, there's obviously been a lot of talk about, about you know, the core player rule and, and, and the fact that it's being discussed. And, and it, it, from my understanding, it's something that it's going to be decided on this summer. So I think MLS teams can, uh, can very soon have that, that, that option. And, and some teams have already set themselves up to be able to take advantage of that rule. And I think you, you've seen that around the league. Uh, players like Brett Shea, like Mick Siskru, who came in and signed deals that will fit in nicely into that new rule. So this has obviously been in discussion since before the CBA uh, the CBA deal was done. So uh, it, it's great. And it's what the league needs. The league needs to start uh, attracting more high-level players. And, 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 and it also needs to start rewarding uh, those top American players who have really – uh, help build the league, and and I think that it, it it is a situation where it it will allow teams to not have to choose between paying uh, a top American player who's been a uh, and it's not it doesn't have to be American player, but uh, in a lot of cases, you know, a top player who's helped build the team, uh, having to decide between giving them a DP deal and going and signing a D, a new DP. So yeah, I think this is great. Um, so we'll see we'll see how it plays out and, and see how how teams take advantage of it. Next question is from Mark Flores. Can you touch on any expected or solid rumors of Americans transferring abroad? Well, from MLS at, at this point, it's it's a little early in the game. I mean, I think we're not gonna. I don't think we're gonna see any. Uh, uh, as far as I understand, uh, just you know, with the rumor mill and whatnot, I don't I don't know if we're gonna see any Americans move this summer. Having said that, I think the winter you will see, you know, the, the opportunity for. For Americans, uh, more Americans to move along. Now, now I've said that, I, you know, if you're going to see some Americans maybe go overseas, I think you could see some college players uh, leave school and and go directly to Europe. Uh, I think you're starting to see that. I looked at as an option more often, uh, especially in light of of the fact that you know MLS is 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 kind of down. It's reducing the 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 generation Adidas pool. Uh, it's de-emphasizing. Uh, the draft, so uh, that option for college players isn't as attractive as it's been in years past. So I think I think now you're going to start seeing some players start to poke around in Europe, start to look for options in Europe. And look, perfect example, uh, Zach Steffen we just had on. I mean, he's a guy who look he wouldn't have gone in a uh, draft. I think he was said to be he he would have been a Philadelphia Union homegrown player. Um, but I, I think I think you could see that this summer. I think you could see some guys. Uh, some college players go right overseas. I don't know if Jordan Morris is going to be one of those guys. Uh, I don't think he will be just because you just get the sense he's really committed to stay in school at least one more year. But uh, don't be surprised if you see some college players make that jump this, this summer. Next question is from Michael Sweeney. What role do you see Bobby Wood playing at this year at his new club? Number of goals that he scores? Well, I, you know, it, it's early to say. It's too early to say. I think it's just great that 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 if that deal is done, I mean, is you know, uh, if he is in fact. Uh, gonna make that move, a uh, big move to obviously to the to to the Bundesliga. Um, but it, 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 I mean, as far as I know, it's not a done deal yet. So until it's done, you know, it, it's tough to uh, it's tough to say if that Stuttgart transfer is gonna ha- uh, happen or not. I mean, I know it's been discussed. Uh, and it, but if it happens, look, it's like anything. He has to take full advantage of it. Uh, you like to think that he has that uh, that 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 boost of confidence from scoring those goals against Netherlands and Germany, and he has talent. I mean, I, I think I think that, I, I don't know, even even his harshest critics can't argue that, look, the kid get, put, he puts himself in positions to score. I mean, think about it. Against Colombia, in England, 
He 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 was in situation. He put himself in position to score a few goals in those in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's done it against some high level teams. So there's something there, and I think it's great that he, he finally showed that. He 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 rewarded Jurgen Klinsmann's faith in him, and now he has to take that next step. And and, and I'm excited to see it, man. I, I, I mean, he's a good kid. You talk to him; he's a humble kid, uh, soft spoken kid, but he has talent. So hopefully, he can parlay this into a big step. Next question comes from Austin Cooper. With the way the bracket is set up, we will meet Costa Rica in the Gold Cup semifinals. Will this hurt us in the final versus Mexico if we win? So he's asking if playing Costa Rica will hurt us before we play Mexico. I don't want to say it would hurt, but it's tougher. I mean, obviously, that Costa Rica was always going to be the tougher semifinal matchup. Because um, this is a three-horse race. And no offense to anyone else. No offense to Panama, Honduras. It's a three-horse race in the Gold Cup. And, you know, the, from the looks of it, Mexico is going to have a bit, a bit of an easier road. And that's a little unfortunate because, I mean, look, if you're USA, um, you're the defending Gold Cup champion. Why do you have to play Costa Rica in the semi? It should be Mexico plays Costa Rica in the semi. Um, so that's unfortunate. But you know what? You got to you got it doesn't matter if, you, if you're going to win the tournament. You got to be who's in front of you. And look, hey, Costa Rica, their goalkeeper, Kayla Navas, is out of the tournament. Uh, the star at the go- at the World Cup for them, Real Madrid goalkeeper. That's a big blow for them. Um, and look, let's face it, Costa Rica. They have a new coach now. Paolo Anchope is in charge now. He's not the coach he w- that he wasn't in charge at the World Cup last summer. So it's not going to be exactly the same team. They're still going to be tough. Don't get me wrong. But I don't think the U.S. is going to go into that match uh, as an underdog. Or I mean, they still should beat Costa Rica. And look, if you can't beat Costa Rica then you're not Gold Cup champions. You should be Gold Cup champions. So, you know what? We'll see how it goes. And the final question comes from Gonzalo. Is Liga MX starting to worry about what Major League Soccer from does from a marketing standpoint? Tigres signings plus rumors of uh, Samuel Eto'o. What does that... What does one have to do with the other? I mean, come on. Let's... Let, let, it's, uh, that's a... Uh, that's, a, that's MLS fans uh, getting a little ahead of themselves. Look, Liga MX has a lot of money. They're gonna try to sign top players, and they and now they've done that. Look, the the, the Gignac signing by Tigres is is, uh, is really a head turning move. Talking about the second leading scorer in Ligue 1, uh, a, a guy who was wanted by European clubs. So look, that is a big positive step for Liga MX. It has nothing to do with MLS uh, putting pressure on them. Zero. Trust me, Mexican teams are not at the point yet. Where they're caring about MLS impacting what they do, I just I don't see that. Uh, I think it's just a case of the MX teams having more and more money to spend uh, on players. And at the end of the day, money talks, man. Money talks. So if, if you can match if you can match the spending of teams in Europe, you you play, you will get players to come. And I think I think Mexico uh, is a respected enough league that they're going to be able to go get uh, some higher level talent. So. For me, it has nothing. One has nothing to do with the other um, at all. Uh, now, for MLS, you know what? They need to worry about themselves. They need to worry about increasing the talent level. They need to worry about more impact sign, uh, more impact signings, more high-profile signings. And it's going to be an interesting summer to see how many of those type of high-level signings MLS can pull off. Well, Evans, with that, it wraps up today's SBI show. Before I let you go for the week, anything else that we need to uh, need to break down? No, I think we got it all, man. We got the Open Cup. Oh, oh, you know the Women's World Cup. We, we should talk. Uh, the U.S. are now into the round of 16. They won the group of death. They're going to face off uh, against a, a shorthanded Columbia team who, who won't have their starting goalkeeper. Um, they should win, not to get ahead of ourselves. They should win, and it looks like it'll it'll most likely set up a matchup with, with China. And the, 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 I got to say, the bracket has worked out well for the U.S. Yeah, they, They've got a bit of a cakewalk uh, uh, heading to the semis. I know, I know. I was down on them going into the tournament. I didn't see them winning the tournament. Uh, I, I even thought maybe they might even go out in the quarters. Now, not so much. I think they'll get to the semis, but I don't know about for, from there. From there on, I don't know because I still, I still haven't seen it from them, top to bottom. I've seen their de- their defense has been amazing. I mean, Julie Johnson, Becky Sauerbrunn, they all all of them. Krieger, Klingenberg, their back four has been outstanding. But their attack, man, their attack is still not clicking. Uh, they've really, it's really been pulling teeth for them to create good chances, uh, and that's going to hurt them when you go up against teams. You know, whether it's Germany or France in the semifinals, um, 
I mean, I, I, I'm going to go with those teams. I think Germany or France, I, I think they're the they, – if you're asking me to put my money on teams, uh, who I'm betting on, I'm betting on Germany, I'm betting on France. And then, you know, and then after, and after that, then, yeah, maybe the U.S. Unless in these next couple of games we see them start to find their rhythm offensively. If they don't find their rhythm offensively, I just don't think they're going to beat the top teams. I think they will. I, I look. I, I think they'll struggle against Germany, who's just looked pretty consistent throughout the whole World Cup. But the French team has also had its struggles. But for the U.S. women, you know, to me, Megan Rapinoe is the best player on the team. She's the one that's going to create all the chances. You got to find ways to get her to the ball and to get into open space. And, and yes, the defense has been great. But the attack, yes, they they need to figure something out. And, and I don't know if that's freeing up Megan Rapinoe to kind of let her do what she wants to do. But the U.S. has to figure something out. And their next two matches, yeah, I mean, these next two matches for them, potential matches, um, much easier than the teams that they face in their group stage. So for the U.S., at least they'll have an opportunity to hopefully figure something out against, you don't want to say inferior competition, but against competition that wasn't as good in the group stage. But uh, we can break this more down next week, Ivis, because the U.S. will play on Tuesday. So on the next show, we'll have, we'll have an extended preview and we'll break down the game even more. All right, Ivis, I'm going to let you go. You enjoy the weekend and uh and we'll touch base on uh, on sunday and, and we'll have another show recapping major league soccer week 16 and previewing the u.s women's national team game on tuesday have a great weekend have, have a great weekend man you too man and as always everyone thank you for listening to the show thank you for the views thank you for the comments that is all the score so give us a review folks yes it's been about three weeks let's go we're, we're struggling we need we need a review our, our egos are, are are starving for a little positive reinforcement <laughs> <laughs> well, Ivis's ego means positive reinforcement. So that is Ivis. I am Garrett Cleverly. This is the FBI Show. <laughs>